Welcome to Adventures in Genealogy. I'm Michelle Jackson, creator of the Criminal Hunter and Adventures in Genealogy blog. Today I'm going to be talking about why we do genealogy and why we choose it. The topics I'm going to discuss, what is your why? Why do you choose to do it? What is your end goal? What do you want to get out of it? And what are some of our expectations versus the reality of how genealogy actually works? Join me today in our adventures in genealogy. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm using Anchor for my podcast. It's the easiest way. It's free and I'm not paying a dime to create my very own. There are creation tools that allow me to record and edit my podcast right from my phone or computer, or I can upload my pre-recorded podcast to the dashboard. Anchor will distribute my podcast for me so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can make money from my podcast with no minimum listenership, and it couldn't get easier. It's everything I need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started with yours today. So I think for a lot of us, we got started by someone else showing interest in our family history. For me, I had been married for a couple years to my first husband, and his father was looking at his relatives, and we were going to make a trip to Oklahoma. I was doing a little research on his family for him and decided that when we were out in Oklahoma, I'd go to the family history library out there and do a little research for him. So I did that, and while I was out there, I discovered what it was like inside the actual library. They had a whole research center with people who could help you. Of course, I was pretty clueless, so I asked a lot of questions while I was in there and found out what kind of documents were available. To make a long story short, I ended up finding his great-grandfather's burial in a local cemetery, along with a bunch of documents about other relatives and we went out and took a small trip around town and found the cemetery. Years and years later he was able to put gravestone on some unmarked cemeteries so that was a lot of fun. That was how I actually got started. This of course led to me being interested in the family research on my own side. When my family found out that I was interested in this research I was contacted by extended family members In particularly, this was my great aunt, my grandmother's sister, and she had called me up one day and told me that she was going to send me a box of files that uh, her and her two sisters, one of them, including my grandmother, had gone around and collected for many years. When I got this file box, it was full of all kinds of documents that I'd never seen before in family history. This was the beginning of why I did my family history. So this started out for me just as helping somebody else. It's evolved to entertainment and making a living and historical community research, but it didn't start out that way for me. So really what I'm asking you is why are you involved in genealogy or family history research or historical research? What is your why? What has got you motivated to learn about this and to be a part of it? 
So when you sit down to do genealogy, what is it you're thinking about? What do you want your end goal to look like? Are you sitting down and thinking about future generations and what they will see when they open your research? Or are you just sitting down and researching because you enjoy it and you it's your hobby and that's what you want to do? The reason why I'm asking this question is because this will determine how you go about doing your research or how you go about completing your research. If you're researching just for yourself and you just want to know what your family, your ancestry looks like, and knowing your family history is enough for you, then by all means, just sit down and do that. But if your end goal is that you want to eventually give this to your descendants or your children or your great-grandchildren, you're going to approach your research slightly different. So make sure that you want to determine what your end game is. Are you doing it just for you? Are you doing it for your family? Are you doing this um, to eventually publish a book? How about connecting with distant cousins through DNA? How are you perceiving your end goal? Initially for myself, I was just doing this as having fun and learning about my family history. It became a little bit more than that when I started helping my father-in-law. After I received the documents from my great aunt, it became a little bit more than that. It became a determination for her to carry this on to future generations. She also had a little caveat with giving them to me that someday I would eventually publish this information for future genealogists. I probably never publish a book, at least not for family history research. I've done different kinds of publishing that she may not have even thought about. So now we have websites and podcasts and blogs we have all kinds of things that just didn't exist when she was living. So in a way, I am publishing, just not in the perceived way that she thought I would. So down the line, this even evolved further um, from just doing it for myself as a hobby down to publishing a book, or at least publishing my research, to connecting with distant cousins. So as everyone is probably well aware, the use of DNA in genealogy, that's where my research has gone as well. When I first started researching for myself just as a hobby, I was not really concerned about uh, where I found the information. I was generally just printing it out. We didn't really save much in the early 1990s. We didn't save it to like the hard drive. We would print it. As this evolved to connecting with cousins, whether that was through email at the time or now through the internet, I had to know more about why I was saying what I was saying and where that information came from. So the more I dug into the paperwork that my great aunt sent me, the more I realized that she had also not really given me much information about where she got the information as well. Sometimes, yes, there was a note on there that would say she was at a certain library or a certain archives building, but where the documents actually came from was a mystery. 
So at this point, maybe your end game is changing. Maybe it's evolving a little bit. You're going from just knowing is enough to maybe I'll share this with my children or my grandchildren when they get older. My advice to you is to start off with doing your research completely and wholly, making sure that you know where you got the information, documenting what the files were, connecting the dots totally so that if your end game changes from just knowing is good enough for me to I'm going to eventually publish this and people are going to question me. I need to know where that information came from. Now that you've thought about what your end game is, I want you to make sure that you're going back and answering some of those questions, documenting your resources so that when people ask you why you have that information and how you got that information, you'll be able to answer those questions. In the last segment, we talked about what is your end game. In this segment, I'd like to talk about our expectations versus the reality. One of the misconceptions is that everything is online and available to you. This isn't exactly true. While there is a lot available online to you, there's still a great deal of information that you have to travel to go get or pay somebody to travel to get for you. I would say it was about 10 years ago when people would say to me only about 10% of information that we need for genealogy research is available online. I have to be completely honest here. I went searching for that number recently. I could not find any given percentage of what is available to you online. I can tell you from experience that the documents that I find online are more than enough to get my genealogy to the next level. With that said, I have had to order documents, and yes, they are still done digitally, but I had to order documents, National Archives would have to scan them, and then digitally enhance them and send them to me. And that sometimes will cost you. While a vast majority of the items that you will need for general genealogical research is going to be available to you online, there is still a lot that isn't available online. In one of my future episodes, I'll talk about what is and is not available online to you and how to overcome uh, sometimes the downfalls of what is not available to you. So keep watch for that episode as well. Another thing that people will say to me from time to time is that they can't wait to finish their tree. And if you talk to any genealogist or any family history researcher, they will say to you, you will never be done. It's a never-ending process. You just go on and on and on. I mentioned a few minutes ago that documents will sometimes cost you when you have to send for them. The fact of the matter is that there are some free websites out there to get a good amount of information off of, but you will end up spending a little bit more than what you intend to do to get some of that information. Of course, everybody knows the big three websites for genealogy research. And if you're not familiar with those websites, that would be FamilySearch, Ancestry, and MyHeritage. I'm not going to review each one of these websites, 
you can go and do that for yourself, but I use all three. I have a paid subscription to Ancestry. I have a free subscription to uh, Family Search, and I log. I have a free login to My Heritage, which doesn't really get me much, but it can help me find documents. And if I need to do more research, I can always pay and have more access. With that said, there are plenty of websites out there if you think outside the box that will get you free documents. Sometimes, and I've said this in some of my webinars and also in my classes in person, that if you write a well-written letter or a well-written email to someplace, sometimes, even if they charge a fee for documents, they will give you a mass amount of information hoping that you'll say, okay, you know what, send me those documents, please. Here's my money. I have a podcast planned for another session that will give you information on some of those websites. One of my favorites that I'm going to give to you right now is the National Archives Records Administration, which is N-A-R-A for short. A lot of the documents that are preserved from some of the federal institutions, which I've been using a lot in prison records lately. Those you can find at one of the National Archives repositories. In a future podcast, I'll also go over all the different National Archives resources that are out there for you. So you'll have that information. Keep watch for that as well. Just remember that it's not always going to be as easy as you think it is, where you just click on a leaf and voila, there's the rest of your tree. But if you put the time and effort into a well-documented and well-sourced tree, where it's your family and not somebody else's family by mistake, you're going to really enjoy this hobby. So today we learned about why we do genealogy, what our reasons for doing genealogy are, what we expect from our end result of doing our research, and how we explore our expectations versus the reality of what will actually happen. If you're interested in being a sponsor, please check out anchor.com and join sponsorship. Thanks for listening to the Adventures in Genealogy podcast. Please remember that Adventures in Genealogy can only be made possible by sponsorships like you. There's a link at the end of each episode. Have a fabulous day and enjoy your Adventures in Genealogy.